Good evening. Man, oh man, oh man, is there stuff going on, isn't there? Wow. So uh, we're going to look at a few different things tonight. We'll end up anchoring in Ezekiel 38 in a, in a few, just a few minutes. But uh, this is what I want to encourage you to do before we get started. Uh, well, let me pray first. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We pray for your blessings, your glory, your ministering as we live in uh, what um, your word even tells us. Uh, it appears to be perilous times. Your word even says in the last days, perilous times will be here. Men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power. Selfish, rebellious, traitors, headstrong. Lord, your word describes this generation. And there's so many things that make us think Jesus must be coming soon. Help us to be faithful. Help me to be faithful to your word tonight too, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's welcome everybody watching via online out there. And uh, good to see all of you out there. Well, we can't see them, but they can see us. They can see your hands, and I can see your faces. And uh, it's good to see everybody here tonight. Uh, real quick, I want to uh, bring you up to date on, uh, uh, ask you to do something. So how many of you have a smartphone? This is, this is really easy. I mean, it's, it's not hard. They look kind of like this, you know. Some people have flip phones, and some people have dial-up. Um, but that's a whole different ball game. But uh, Pastor Craig was talking about the Prophecy Conference. This is what I want to encourage you to do. Uh, the conference is, is going to be fantastic. And uh, I was talking with Barry Stagner yesterday, and uh, Jack Hibbs is coming, uh, Jam Markell, and so many people coming from all over. Even some people from Israel will be there. And uh, it's three days, but it's four three days, a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And there is going to be a lot of hope. We're going to lay the truth out. People want to know what in the world is going on. People are afraid. We'll look at that tonight in just a minute too. But they need hope. They need answers. And I'm hoping that a whole lot of people that don't know Jesus show up at this. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it at a venue that wasn't a church, to be able to reach the unchurched. And, uh, and we'll see what the Lord does. But uh, you got a smartphone. This is what I want to encourage you to do. I'll, this is the only time in my history I'll let you turn on your phone during church. And, uh, but seriously, go to HopeForOurTimes.com. Uh, it's somewhere. HopeForOurTimes.com. Go there, and you'll see events. And click on the events, and it'll take you to the link. It'll take you to the events page. And there it has the conference in, that's coming up in June. It's still not there, but maybe they'll be there in a minute. Oh, you can see it behind me, right? So, so there, let me duck and talk. <laughs> so... Uh, but go there, hopeforourtimes.com, on the events, and take the link and share it with your friends. Just share it, invite them to the conference, and it's going to be, uh, it really is going to be absolutely um, uh, just a fantastic time, if we're still here. You know, I'm looking at everything going, I don't know if we're still going to be here uh, when that conference rolls around, but if we are, we want to be faithful, right? I, I hope Jesus comes tonight, but if not... If he's not here for 50 years, I'm still making plans just in case. And, uh, uh, but 
So again, go to the link and share it. It's free to share it. It's free to invite your friends to do that, and they can check out all the information on that conference. Uh, something else I want to share. You all know, you attend here. We receive uh, tithes and offerings every Sunday evening that helps to support this ministry, the Prophecy Ministry, Hope for Our Times, and, and, uh, which is really needed. The, the whole ministry is supported by donations. But with that, I want to talk to everybody online for a second. So if you're watching online, uh, listen, all of, the, all of the media that we do, all the YouTubes, all the long programs, all of these programs, all of them are supported by your donations. So if you're online and you are watching this and you're sitting there thinking, man, this is great, we get it free every night, whenever we want, praise the Lord. However, it costs us a lot of money to do it at the same time. And uh, we appreciate donations. It helps us to be able to continue this leg of the uh, ministry also, all of the prophecy outreaches. Um, uh, so we appreciate you. We love the fact that you're watching. We don't want you to stop watching. We want you to continue watching. In fact, you can share the link also. See, I'm talking to just them. And um, you can share it also and invite friends to the Prophecy Conference that's coming in June. Again, it is going to be absolutely terrific. Invite all your friends. Come on out, and uh, it, it will be a blessing. So with that, um, you guys ready? Okay, here's the deal. We're going to look at this prophecy update, January 27, 2019. And uh, some things are going to be a little bit difficult, especially the first thing I'm going to open up with. But I believe, I really, really, really do believe that we live in perilous times. And I look at what's going on in the world, and in my mind, I wish a lot of other pastors would get on board and start warning people, because folks, I don't know how much time we have left. Uh, so a few things I'm going to show you. The last one will be the War of Ezekiel 38, because things are just like shockingly familiar with exactly what the Bible says this world is going to look at like. Uh, so the first thing is lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. Now consider this, lawlessness abounding. So I'm going to show you some different signs. There are over 800 uh, signs of the second coming of Christ. I'm only going to show you six of them tonight. And just with the six or seven that I have, uh, you, you get a glimpse and you start to go, oh my, how could this possibly be just a coincidence? So lawlessness abounding, the love of many grow cold. Consider this. We've been watching this for, for a few years now. Lawmakers in California ban references to he and she. I, I, who would have thought five years ago you couldn't say he or she? So lawmakers have a great deal of power. One of the reasons Americans should be so careful with their vote, sometimes they use it in unusual ways. For example, a decision... And the California State Senate Committee to ban he and she. Lawlessness abounding. It's just nuts. It was the Senate Judiciary Committee headed by Democratic Senator Hannah Beth Jackson. She claimed the report said, we are now a state recognizing the non-binary designation as a gender. <laughs> we are using the phrase they and replacing other designations so that it's a gender-neutral designation of they. Basically, that's the primary reforms and revisions to the committee rules. You look at this and you go, how do people come up with, uh, with this type of thing? Uh, in the beginning, God made them male and female, he and she. This is, these things that are happening uh, are, are an affront to God and his word. 
The devil is behind it, and people are just going for this hook, line, and sinker. There is not a generation in the past that would have thought, this makes perfect sense. The Romans didn't do this. The Greeks didn't do this part. You, and you start to look at this, and you're going, it's like all logic is, is, just seems to be gone. Uh, consider this a warning. Romans chapter 1 tells us, God says that it will get so bad that he will judge mankind by giving them over to a reprobate mind. I believe what we are witnessing in America is we have been given over to a reprobate mind. This is why you can't debate, you can't have a logical conversation with a lot of these people that are thinking like this. They become enraged because they've been given over. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us in the last days God will send a strong delusion among the people that they will believe the lie. I believe the ultimate lie is believing that the Antichrist is the Christ, but the strong delusion is already formed. I mean, you can see this wave coming. And after the rapture, imagine what it's going to be like. But it appears to me that we've been given over. In Romans chapter 1, again where God says, uh, I will give them over, it is a judgment when people have been give, given over to, their, to uh, their reprobate mind. It's like a no turning back kind of place. Listen, there's always forgiveness, there's always hope as long as we have breath. But I'm watching the signs and watching what is going on. It's frightening. This one is uh, one of the most repulsive, frightening things I've seen. And I know you saw it this week. One World Trade Center lit up pink to celebrate New York passing bill legalizing abortions up to birth. And then there's this. Uh, my friend Andy Woods, who's going to be speaking at the conference in the desert, um, he posted this on Instagram. I was born at 12.05 in New York. It is now perfectly legal to murder me at 12.04. I believe, in a sense, we're done. I look at this and I think, how could we have gotten this far. This is so somebody can support, uh, score political points. Um, in my book, America's Coming Judgment, I equated one of the reasons, or the main reason why we will be judged, it's going to happen whether after the rapture or before the rapture, is because of abortion and all the babies that have been killed here. And I simply just looked back at the history that Israel had. Israel was the chosen nation by God to be a light to the world. And what they did, they turned, and instead of aborting babies, when they were born, they would put the baby on the arms of Moloch. We are one minute away from that. One minute. And that was the main reason God judged Israel. America is supposed to be a light to the world. Uh, we began as a Christian nation and we have, I believe, we have passed the Rubicon. I'm not putting a time frame on anything, but folks, this does not look good. This does not bode well. Uh, apart from major awakening and repentance by our leaders, understand this too. Um, when Israel and uh, Judah were both judged, there were good prophets and uh, Jews who loved God in both of those territories. You know that? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Amos, all of the minor prophets and the major prophets, they were all part of that. 
Um, but the leaders who were leading the nation, the judges were making these decisions. We are watching the same thing. So there's people here who love the Lord with all their heart. They hate what they see happening. Uh, and so I am... Uh, it's, it's, it's frightening for me to think of that. Okay? So this is one sign. Lawlessness is abounding, and the love of many is growing cold. That is cold. That's gone. It's, there, it's, it's non-existent uh, at this point. Uh, another sign is the mark of the beast technology. I've talked a lot about this uh, over the past several months, but it just keeps getting more and more incredible. So I'll share it with you. Uh, this has hit the mainstream media news over the past week. I've been talking about technology and the government having control and different things, and uh, I've been talking about it for a long, long time, and now the mainstream media says, this, this week, this came out, is big tech merging with big brother? It kind of looks like it. And uh, so what it appears to me, it's not the... the, the Tech companies have become so big and so rich and so powerful, they are starting to be able to do whatever they please. Uh, merge that with the government, and we have the perfect um, storm for what the Bible tells us, uh, Revelation chapter 13, where no one can buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast, the number of his name is the being 666. Everything is getting to that place, and really now, the databases, and everything. But Big Brother is the reference uh, to George Orwell's book, 1984, where in it, George Orwell predicted decades ago what was going to happen. And he called that government entity Big Brother. He said, your thought will be controlled. Your, your speech will be controlled. What you say, uh, all these different things. We are watching that. Right now, they are even just trying to control what we think. They're trying to label what you say as hate speech and predicting what you're thinking. And you're starting to watch this, and it's like George Orwell uh, just looked and he said, yeah, without reading the Bible, I don't know, maybe you read the Bible, but I can read the Bible and say, uh, it's a nail on the head and this is where it's going. And folks, um, uh, we're there. This is out of China. Uh, China orders short video apps to censor all content. Chinese authorities have introduced detailed regulations covering the country's thriving short video industry, signal, uh, signaling out 100 categories of banned content, from smearing the image of the Communist Party leaders to personal intimate content for more than 800 million users. Listen to this. The association published rules for short video app operators who are not allowed to ridicule, publish satire, Oppose, defame the socialist mode, theory, system, and culture with Chinese characteristics, and the country's major principles and policies. Users are also banned from creating animated images and short clips from national leaders' speeches or mimicking their gestures and dress. You can no longer make fun of somebody that's in power. Can you imagine Saturday Night Live operating in China? I mean, you look at what goes on in our media, uh, what happens to, to anybody in the presidential administration, anybody that's Christian, uh, what happened to Mike Pence's wife recently, where uh, she, since she teaches at a Christian school, 
the question was by the CNN interrogator. Um, should she even be allowed any kind of Secret Service protection? She's at a Christian school. That's a, did you hear that? That's opposing our, our whatever it is that they're trying to, the spin that they're putting on us. And we are watching this. But tech is controlling so much of this. So we look at a, a couple of these things. We have uh, the lawlessness abounding, the love of many grow cold. Uh, the mark of the beast uh, uh, technology. Um, I, I don't want to get too much into the mark of the beast technology simply because I've done it a lot in the past. Yeah, but we are watching the databases, what is going on in China with facial recognition. Okay, check out my phone. It's an uh, iPhone XX or something like that. I don't know. So watch this. Ready? It stares at me and it opens. It just unlocked. And then I just go like that. So it unlocked. It, it's facial recognition. Okay, right now it's locked. You guys can see it in the front row, right? It's unlocked. You don't need your thumbprint anymore. Uh, your facial recognition is a lot more secure than your thumbprint or your fingerprint is. Here it is. Facial recognition is popping up in airports. It's all over China now. In China, uh, with 800 million cameras planned to be in China by 2020, right? They can tell now by your gate, the camera watching from behind your gate, who you are. Uh, 500 criminals were caught in a three-month period just on their tech system. Uh, the problem is some of these criminals were just part of the social credit system. They failed to support the Chinese government. Uh, but this is, this is what's going to happen with this technology and what's going on in China. Uh, Venezuela is asking for it. Uh, there's another country I read today that also wants it. It, every dictator in the world is going to want this because then you can start to control the masses of your population. This technology will be in the hands of the Antichrist. So I'm going to tell you this. Whoever wins the tech war is going to be the king of the world. Uh, they're going to be the one that's going to require everybody to receive the mark of his name or they won't be able to buy or sell. The Bible tells us that. It's going that direction. We live in amazing days. We live in Bible days. Do you realize that we live in days that the, the prophets of old wrote about and we're starting to watch these things unfold? When Daniel looked at what was coming, he couldn't make sense of it. He asked the angel to interpret it for him. The angel said, I'm not going to tell you what it says. It's not for you to know, but Daniel chapter 12, the wise at that time, they will understand. It is for those who live in that generation to be able to connect the dots, look at the Bible, look what's going on in the world, and say, man, this is making sense. Hence, Jesus told us repeatedly when he talked about the signs of this, his second coming to watch and be ready to watch and pray. Watch, therefore, the apostle Paul did. The prophets of old warned us. Why else would God give us over 800 signs? He wants us to be paying attention. And folks, uh, we need to be paying attention. That's just a couple of the signs. Um, uh, we are being watched. There's that computer technology. I wonder if we're all being watched right now by some cameras we don't know about. Can't all squares around all our heads. You know what? I praise God that the rapture's coming first. Um, uh, another sign is globalism. Re uh, Revelation chapter 17. Let me just read that to you real quick. Uh, I want to make sure I get you out of here on time. Uh, Revelation chapter 17. 
uh, these two verses, verses 12. By the way, we'll be in Revelation chapter 17 for the next few Sunday nights. It is one of the hardest chapters in the Bible to understand, and I can't wait to get there starting next week. Uh, we get to talk about the Pope, and we get to talk about all kinds of things when you get to Revelation chapter 17, uh, Babylon and so forth. But these two verses, this is it. Here's the globalism. Uh, the ten horns, there's a vision that John had. The angel tells John, the ten horns which you saw, John, are ten kings who have received no kingdom as of yet. At the time that John wrote this, 95 AD, 90, 95 AD, they haven't come into power yet, John. They're still in the future, right? There's ten kings. But they will receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast, as kings with the Antichrist. So in other words, there's going to be ten kings and then there's going to be the eleventh. Daniel talked about the 11th horn rising up. This is the same thing. New Testament, Daniel talked about it in the Old Testament. These are of one mind, and they give their power and authority to the beast, to the Antichrist. So what the Bible teaches, not just in that passage, not just in Daniel, but there's a global system. There's going to be 10 elite rulers that are running this global system. I believe it's going to be headquartered in Europe with the Antichrist at the top of it. And that's what this teaches. And these ten elitists are going to give their power again to uh, the Antichrist. Um, this is an article that somebody here gave me today. This is from China Daily. It says this, global vision presented in Davos speech. I'm not going to read this whole article, but uh, just listen to uh, a couple of these things here. Just a couple of lines. Vice President Wang Kishan's speech on Wednesday, this is just the other day, at the 2019 annual meeting of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, was well received. Wang called on countries to work together in the age of the fourth industrial revolution with the vision of creating a better future for all of mankind. All right, you getting this? All of mankind. The event was chaired by Klaus Schwab, the WEF's founder and executive chairman. He also called for efforts to uphold multilateralism and jointly build a system, listen to this, of rules for technology, hint, hint, getting everybody connected, rules for technology, as well as a new international cooperation framework based on peace and security. Democracy, transparency, inclusiveness, mutual benefits, so that all people can gain from this. Peace and security. Does that, if you study the Bible, when they say peace and safety, or when they say peace and security, then sudden destruction. All encompassed within the global system that's coming. We are right on the cusp. It's like every day we're waiting to see it. I think, man, when the rapture takes place, look out, things are going to happen fast. Now, check this out. On December 6, uh, 26, 2018, it was reported that the UN is working with a global firm called Accenture. Accenture uh, has been around for a few years. Bill Gates has been working on it, along with some of the other super-rich tech people. However, here's what makes this really interesting. Again, there's only a few weeks back it was reported uh, with the UN. Uh, the global firm called Accenture, to develop and implement a global ID system and database that will be forced on every person on earth 
by 2030. You look at this and you go, what a dink. No, I look at the Bible and I say, hey, wait a minute, the Bible told me these things are coming. Uh, here's another one. Peace plan in Jerusalem. Okay. Um, Daniel chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, where Daniel is very specific. He's writing, he's got this vision, there's the angel there. Uh, the people who destroyed the city, as, uh, out of the people who destroyed the city, the Romans in 70 A.D., will in the future rise the Antichrist, who will confirm a covenant with the Jews in Jerusalem and the many for a period of seven years, one week, a sabbatical period, a seven-year period. Okay, this is a big deal because everybody in the world keeps talking about a peace covenant with Jerusalem. So, uh, this is reported, this was from Ynet News over in Israel. Report, Trump's Mideast plan proposes Palestinian state in the West Bank. And I want you to think of this. The deal of the century will include territorial swaps in most West Bank territories. Israeli television said that U.S. President Donald Trump's Mideast peace plan would propose a Palestinian state on as much as 90% of the West Bank with a capital in East Jerusalem, but not including its holy sites. The Trump administration has said publication of the plan, kept closely under wraps, could, uh, could be only months away. In separate remarks to reporters, Israel's ambassador to the UN, Danny Dennon, uh, predicted that the Trump plan would not be released before an, uh, before an Israeli election on April 9. Uh, that's a couple of months away. So you start looking at this and you're going, it's, there is a plan that's coming. I know there's a peace plan that's coming. It's going to be eerily similar to what this Trump peace plan is. Uh, George Bush wanted to do it. Obama wanted to do it. Clinton before him wanted to do it. Uh, Bush before him wanted to do it. This thing's been going on for a long time. Carter wanted to do it. So it's been going on for a really long time. Uh, Trump just has this ability to, if he says he's going to do something, he's, so far he's managed to do everything he said he was going to do. Is Pastor Tom saying that Donald Trump is the Antichrist? I want to clarify this, because I know some of you are thinking I am. I am not saying that. Um, I find this very fascinating. Uh, the Antichrist is going to, according to Daniel chapter 9, confirm a covenant. In other words, there's going to be a covenant that is in place. Later on, the Antichrist will come along and make it strong. Confirm makes, means make it strong. Make it work. So there will be a covenant in place. It appears that Trump is going to put some kind of covenant in place. Is it that covenant? I don't know. But I do know this. Back in August of 2018, Donald Trump was very clear. When he moved, said he was moving and did officially move the embassy, from, the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, he said now it's going to be time for the Israeli Jews to get ready to, because they're going to have to uh, uh, give up some things. And it's going to be a quite uh, a bit difficult for them. So, folks, we live in interesting times. Again, I look at this peace plan, I'm going, okay, uh, things are moving forward. Here's another one. A fear of the end of the world. This is in the news the other day. Apocalypse Now, doomsday clock stuck at two minutes to midnight declared a new abnormal. I guess it goes back and forth between one minute to midnight and two minutes to midnight. And, um, but people are afraid. 
In Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, uh, in those last days, the sea and the waves would be roaring, uh, the stars would be falling from the sky, there would be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and the, uh, men's hearts would fail them. You know why? From the fear and expectation of what's coming. Uh, they're afraid. People are afraid. Folks, we have um, answers. We have answers. That's just five things. I look up, I look at those and I think truly those are remarkable things, but I want to look at one more thing, all right? This last one will take a few minutes longer than the others did because this one I'm going to point out some specific details uh, because I just, I just think that there's things that uh, we all uh, need to know. So you ready? Okay, the last one is Russia and Iran, uh, their attack against Israel as the Bible tells us, is going to come from Ezekiel 38 and also 39. Uh, this is from um, Prophecy Newswatch. Biggest threat facing Israel in 2019, a multi-front war in the north and in the south. Uh, this was uh, a Bible Prophecy Daily on Instagram. and it, Actually, I found the article too, but this is a good picture. That's why I kept it. Uh, Moscow, Israel must stop arbitrary airstrikes on Syria. And Khamenei takes charge of missile attacks on Israel. Um, so I want to look at this because things are heating up and heating up in an incredible way. So listen to these words from Damon Duck. Uh, he wrote this, I want you to keep in mind, he wrote this four weeks ago. And if you've been paying attention to what's going on over between Israel and Iran and Russia, it makes these words even more profound. Four weeks ago he wrote this. Legitimate prophecy lovers know that God is moving toward a definite goal or objective, the fulfillment of every jot and tittle of his word. That includes his prophetic word. President Trump's to a decision to quickly pull all U.S. troops out of Syria is an example. He writes this, first, prophecy teacher and ex-military man Sean Osborne reminds us that Israel is protected by God, that God is in control, and this is part of God's plan. Uh, and President Trump couldn't do anything, include moving the troops out of Syria unless God had determined it was going to happen that way. Second, many Bible prophecy teachers think that, and I happen to be one of them, that God is moving in America's withdrawal speed up. Uh, America's withdrawal from Syria is speeding up the battle of Gog and Magog. Senator Marco Rubio said Iran will step up activity in southern Syria, which will elicit increased Israeli strikes that could lead to a new and far deadlier Israel-Hezbollah war. He's probably right. And stepped-up activity by Iran will speed up the battle of Gog and Magog. Then he writes this. It seems reasonable, reasonable to believe that the stepped-up activity will come in the next few weeks, not the next few months or the next few years. He hit the nail on the head. He wrote this four weeks ago. About a week and a half to two weeks ago, there has been major escalation of all the things that have been taking place on that border. The U.S. pulls out, Iran is moving, Hezbollah is moving, Russia is moving, and uh, again, folks, we live in incredible days. Uh, the scriptures infer that God will cause Israel to face her enemies alone, without the U.S. or others, uh, so that God will get the glory, and no person will be able to get the glory when God destroys the enemy. Fourth, the removal of U.S. troops from Syria will open the door for Russia, Iran, and their Islamic allies to rapidly build up their forces for an attack on Israel. And we know that God said Israel's enemies will ascend and come up like a storm, which suggests 
that they will rapidly gather for a last-ditch effort to plunder and destroy Israel. Fifth, he writes, Israeli officials are stunned over President Trump's withdrawal of troops from Syria, which means God is pushing Israel to put more reliance on him, on God, than on man. A sixth, Prime Minister Netanyahu said Israel will protect herself, but according to the Bible, Israel won't be able to protect herself. God is the only one who can protect Israel when that war comes. Uh, seventh, I'm almost done, I'm not going to read them all. Um, it was reported that the diplomats working for the U.S. State Department in Damascus, this one's so interesting, will also be withdrawn. So you have the troops out of Syria, now the diplomats in Damascus. Damascus is the capital of Syria. The presence of U.S. diplomats in Damascus could be one reason why Israel has been reluctant to bomb some parts of Damascus, because you have U.S. diplomats there. Praise God, he writes, for removing America's diplomats from Damascus before that city ceases to exist, as the Bible says. And then he says this, Come to think of it, withdrawing our troops from Syria before Israel drops a bomb on Damascus could be a good thing. So you look at all of this. What is going on? Uh, if you're wondering about Damascus, Isaiah chapter 17 tells us that Damascus is going to be annihilated in one night. In the morning, people will wake up, uh, Damascus will be gone. You have the dignitaries being pulled out of Damascus. You have Trump pulling the troops out of Syria as a whole. Russia and Iran, Turkey, all these troops are there, uh, ready to go to war against Israel. Folks, these are absolutely incredible days. These are things that the Bible tells us uh, were going to happen. So with that, uh, the next 15 minutes, let me try to connect these dots for you, okay? So we have this map. Uh, this shows you, the, you can tell the Islamic territory surrounding Israel. You can see Israel up there, right? The super tiny red thing right there. And you have all of these. Look at that. Can you read all that? The people online, can. I know they can see it real easy, but I mean, you can see that and you go, it's still so, so strange. Um, in Ezekiel 38, here's what uh, we're going to read through this in just a second. Uh, verses 1 through 6, it tells us the territories we know from secular history, archaeology, and, uh, and the rest, biblical history, what the names of countries are in Ezekiel 38 and what they represent today. I'll leave this up on the screen. You can take a picture of it with your phone. It's also online. People watching online right now can get it or you can get it later and you can see those. So you can see Magog, the southern steps of Russia, Rosh, Russia, Meshach, Tubal, Turkey, Persia is Iran, Ethiopia, Sudan, and Somalia, Libya, uh, which may include uh, Algeria, Morocco, and Tunisia, Gomer, north central Turkey, Togarma is eastern Turkey. Okay, with that uh, in, in your mind, I want you to listen to these words, okay? This is a war that God says is coming. And he says, Ezekiel, I want you to write about this. And you're writing to um, the leader of Magog. His name is Gog, G-O-G, -G, or his title is Gog. Uh, Magog is uh, Russia, and Rosh is Russia, writing to the president or prime minister or king of Russia. That's what's happening here. Here's a message for you. If that battle happens tomorrow, we know that Gog is, is Putin. Okay? To help you, give you some reference. You're... Uh, Say this message to Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, 
the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I'm against you, president of Russia, if you were to put it in modern terms. I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaws and lead you out with all of your army, horses and horsemen that splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Um, let me stop here for just a second, make a reference to a couple of things. He says, I'm going to turn you around and put hooks in your jaws. It appears Russia is going one way, but he's going to make sure they get pulled down to another place, coming against Israel. We can see that in a second. It appears it's already uh, in the stages. Um, he also says, with horses and horse bucklers and all of your troops, it implies this could possibly, if this is literal here, it, what it teaches is that there's a technological problem. So Russia is going to war against Israel, and I was talking with Don Stewart about this, and he says it appears there very well may have been a major EMP or some kind of attack that completely wiped out the electronics in that part of the world. So they have gone back to fighting wars. They will soon go back to fighting wars the way you used to fight wars 150 years ago. That is quite possible when you hear about EMPs, electromagnetic pulse, a nuclear bomb being detonated somewhere in the atmosphere and knocking that out. Okay, can I go on? Make sense? Even if it doesn't, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Makes sense to me. <laughs> They're with bucklers, shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya, you can see that, are, are with them, and all of them with their shield and helmet. Gomer and all its troops the house of Togarma, this is Turkey, from the far north and all of its troops. Many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all of your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. President of Russia and Russia, you are to be a guard for Turkey, for Russia, for all of these troops that are going to come against Israel. You know what Syria, what Russia is doing in Syria right now? They're doing exactly that. They're being a guard for Hezbollah, for Iran, for Turkey. That is, uh, that hits the, that is exact. I find it's just so fascinating. They're being a guard in the area of Syria. After many days you'll be visited. In the latter years you'll come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. In the last days, the Jews would be brought back from the four corners of the earth back to the land, and they would dwell there safely. Are they dwelling there safely now? I'll get to that in a few more minutes. But, uh, but uh, today is National um, Holocaust Remembrance Day. Did you know that? So when I think of this, I think of out of the horrifying uh, Holocaust, out of that, God still trumped what was evil, and he made uh, the nation of Israel again. And that's what he has done. And that's what this is talking about. In fact, in Ezekiel 37, the chapter before this, God says, the, I'm going to tell the bones to rise up, and I'm going to breathe life into them again. And that seems to imply the nation that was dead and the Jews that were killed, I'm bringing them up out of the graves. I'm bringing them back into the land. Remarkable. This, this text is so remarkable. Thus, uh, you, oh, he says this, you will ascend, this is again to the leader of Russia, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, 
you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages and I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder, to take booty, keep those two words in mind, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited. In other words, Israel was a land that nobody wanted. The, the Arabs didn't want it. When the Jews came back, all of a sudden, man, it is phenomenal. If you've ever been there, I mean, you see the vegetation, you see the people living, you see the vineyards, you see, it's just a, an incredible thing. They've come back into the land that was a wasteland, they have replanted, it's amazing. They have livestock, uh, they have silver, you, you, have you come to carry them away, carry away the gold, all of the goods to take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, the leader of Russia, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O God, before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in the former days by my servants the prophets who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them? You look at this and you go, man, Sheba and Dedan. By the way, I skipped over that part in verse 13. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions will say to Gog, did you come to steal the gold? Did you come to steal the goods? Did you come to steal the plunder? Why did you come to Israel? To steal the incredible wealth that they suddenly have? And God says, I'm going to hallow my name and my people Israel through your plan to destroy them. Verse 18, it will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes up against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show on my face. For in my jealousy and in my fire, on my... Uh, um, of my wrath I have spoken, surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, all men who are in the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they will know that I am the Lord. Wow! This is incredible. God says, this war, this war is coming. God is going to pull Russia down into the, um, down into, uh, the land of Israel. You know what? I have an entire, <laughs> I have a full page of notes, I have a full study I haven't even gotten to yet. I got four minutes left. So this is what I'm going to do. Literally, I haven't even gotten a quarter of the way through page one yet. So, this is, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to make some adjustments. All right. So, um, 
let me just go through this. Um, when I look at these things, let me pull this up. Russia has severe economic problems. Russia has had severe economic problems for quite some time. Uh, sanctions have been against them. What happened was, remember when Russia went against Crimea? Uh, that first happened in the Ukraine, I think, uh, 2014. And they were pushing that direction. Russia still threatens Europe. That's why U.S. troops are up there and uh, uh, up in that area of Europe still, because Russia still threatens that way, all right? But they have major economic problems. 70% of Russia's economy is dependent upon oil sales or, or ga uh, gas, um, energy. What God said, I will put hooks in your jaws, I will turn you around, I will pull you out, turn you around, I will bring you into the land. I'm going to put an evil plan into your mind. You're already evil, I'm just going to, or there's going to be an evil plan that's going to come into your mind. You're already evil, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to decide to invade uh, my people, Israel. God also says in Ezekiel 38, this is going to happen on the mountains of Israel. Uh, let me, uh, I'm going to have to go through some of this. Just Now you just got to bear with me. Hey, hey, how was that? Was that, a, was that cool or what? That was totally an accident. Bear with me. I just happened to say it right then. <laughs> So look at this, okay? Russia, how about 10 more minutes? Can I have 10 more minutes? Okay. So Russia has a suffering economy. Russia is pushing against Europe. Still, they still are, right? Uh, Russia with Iran is threatening Israel while being anchored in Syria. They're there. Uh, the U.S. has been officially pulling its troops out of Syria. Russia is the most powerful nation in the Middle East, no longer the U.S. Russia is a guard for the other troops that are with them. This, this is all just so fitting with Ezekiel chapter 38. Okay, I want to get to this map. So here's Syria. This is Damascus. The Golan Heights is right here. The yellow part is Israel, recognized by the UN, right? Because the UN won't recognize the Gaza Strip as being Israel. They won't recognize the West Bank as being Israel. Look at how wide Israel is right there. Can you see that? That's about like, like what, an eighth of an inch or something? Um, that's the West Bank. Uh, Bethlehem is in the West Bank, by the way. The Mount of Olives is in the West Bank. Did you know that? Yeah, the Mount of Olives is. And that shows you Jerusalem is split. And that peace plan is going to make it official. But the Golan is up here, the Golan Heights. Israel owns the Golan, but the UN says they don't. Russia says uh, the Golan belongs to Syria. Um, and Russia has plans to go and uh, take uh, the Golan Heights. God says this battle is going to take place on the mountains of Israel. The mountains that are spoken there, if you've ever been to Israel, they are clearly speaking of the mountains of the Golan Heights. I do find this intriguing, too, because Donald Trump, after he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv, the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, he said, it was announced, we'll, we'll find out if he does it or not, but he was going to call the Golan Heights Israeli territory, not occupied territory. 
I find this fascinating for me because God says they'll be on the mountains of Israel, not on the mountains of the occupied territory. Uh, God's word is exact. Every jot and tittle will be fulfilled. But again, you look at these countries. Another thing I, I want you to think about as you look at this, uh, Iran is big, and it's over here. It's the biggest problem over there, them and Russia combined. Okay. Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, they know Iran's a problem. That has caused those three massive countries who have normally hated Israel and hated the Jews to buddy up with the Jews. To the point where the, you are now hearing reports come out of each of those countries, they are done with the Palestinian cause. Uh, they know Iran supports it, they know Hezbollah and Hamas, it's a Hamas thing, and they're saying, no, we don't even want to go down that path anymore, we're done with it. The reason why is they are, because Iran is so terrible to them, they're starting to become very friendly with Israel. Could it be that the peace and safety that Israel is going to feel they are living in is going to be because of the major support? Although Israel, Israel militarily is way stronger than those three countries. Those three countries, isn't that funny? They're so tiny, Israel is. Uh, but they know if anybody can deal with Iran, it's going to be Israel. So they buddied up to Israel. Could there be something like that in the peace and safety uh, agreement that is that is happening when Russia comes against them. But again, this battle is going to be on the northern uh, um, territory, the northern mountains of Israel. Uh, Russia's recent past, the invasion of uh, Crimea, uh, Russia today, they've got economic problems. Russia next. Uh, this is a re uh, report from Now the World, uh, Now the End Begins. It says, World War III, as Israel continues to take out military targets in Damascus, both Syria and Iran say they are ready to go to war with the Jews. Uh, so this has really escalated just in the last two weeks. Uh, targets in Damascus. Again, that reminds me, not just of the Ezekiel 38 war, but of the Isaiah 17 war, where God is clear. that is, This is what's going to happen in Isaiah 17. Uh, Israel is going to eliminate Damascus in the, in the course of a night. I already mentioned that. In the morning, you're going to wake up and Damascus will be no more. However, Israel is going to end up suffering some severe consequences when they take out Damascus. Uh, they're going to be hit hard on the northern mountains of Israel. I believe the Damascus War is going to happen before the Ezekiel chapter 38 war. And the Damascus War may be the very war that leads to the peace and security that Israel is going to seemingly have. But these things could happen super fast. I mean, they could happen super fast. Again, we have this map. All of these, it says all of the troops are going to come against Israel. Uh, Ezekiel 38 says they are going to descend like a cloud. They're going to be covering against them. Uh, why would Russia invade Israel? Uh, we are told, um, verse 10, Thus says the Lord God, On that day it will come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan. What is the evil plan? We are told in verse 12 to take plunder, to take booty, right? To take spoil. What does that mean? A spoil means plunder or war plunder, to acquire gain by war. Booty uh, means wealth carried away from war, spoils of war. So there you have it. So Russia is going to Israel to take their stuff. Russia's economy is a disaster. Uh, Israel has already entered into agreements with Greece and Europe 
to sell their gas. Israel has the largest gas fine in, in the world as of late. And you look at this and you go, this is amazing. Here's what's really weird about this. Israel's been sitting on oil and gas as long as Israel has been in existence. They never knew it. God kept them blind to it. Uh, they used to complain, why do all of our neighbors have all the oil and we don't have anything? God kept them blind to it until the days that we live in. There's oil on the Golan. Uh, I believe that's why Russia wants to say this is serious territory, therefore we're going to have a fight on the Golan. It's a massive oil find on the Golan. Russia would like to have that oil, and Russia would like to have the gas that Israel has now entered into an agreement to sell to Europe. Uh, Russia has been the main supplier of gas to Europe for a long, long, long time. They need that. That's their economy. That's what buys their groceries. That's what keeps them alive. That gets cut off, look out. There's a hook or hooks that are being set in the jaws, and it certainly appears that is the way that things are going. Uh, there's a perfect storm, uh, economic storm in Russia. 70% of the Russian economy is dependent upon oil. Vladimir Putin, whatever his name is, Vladimir Putin blames the West for the collapse of the Russian economy. Vladimir Putin is preparing for something. Um, when you see all of the military buildup he has, folks, he is building and building and building and building in Syria. You don't build like that. Why would you build like that in Syria? There must be a plan. I mean, where are you going to go? You're not going to go against Iran. You're not going to, I mean, who are they going to go against? It only makes sense that they're building to go against Israel. And Turkey's going to be with them. And Iran's going to be with them. And it is going to happen. Um, what will the United States do when Russia invades Israel? Well, verse 13 said it. Um, Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you come to take all of their financial, economic wealth? War spoils. Uh, Sheba and Dedan are two ancient locations within modern-day Saudi Arabia. All the merchants of Tarshish, uh, some people say possibly America is included in that, but here's what had to happen. The U.S. has to be out of Syria, has to be out of Syria when that battle takes place. I find it so fascinating the days that we live in because all the other countries will do, Saudi Arabia, who's now friendly with Israel, um, Jordan, Egypt, um, all and, and countries to the west that might be included with the merchants of Tarshish, um, all they're going to do is protest and say why. The United States pulling out of Syria puts us in that position to just say why. Uh, why are you coming against Israel? Nobody's going to be there to defend Israel. When I think of that, here is the reason why nobody will be there to defend Israel. You ready? Chapter 39. And you, son of man prophesy against Gog, the leader of Russia, and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around and lead you on, bringing you up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Interesting, bring you up from the far north, he bring you down from the far north, but he's coming to Israel, God's land, you're going up. Even if you're going south, you're going up. When you're going to where God's land is. 
the mountains of Israel. Again, that's speaking of the Golan. Uh, then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all of your troops and all of the peoples who are with you. I will give you to the birds of the prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Yuck. I'm almost done. Just a few more verses. You shall fall on the open field for I have spoken, says the Lord God. I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in the security in the coastlands. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. I'm going to do it. You start putting these things together, it's a reminder of the words of Jesus. Uh, Luke 21, verse 28. When you see these things begin to happen. He says begin. Folks, these things are beginning to happen. He says, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. I want you to know this. This is only six signs out of the over 800 signs of the second coming of Christ. And every one of them appears to be fulfilled exactly exactly as the bible says we live in incredible days uh, and i got to ask you are you ready do you know that you're going to heaven when you die because uh, if you don't man you better get ready folks and and trust in the lord jesus christ if you want to know that you're forgiven you want to know that you're going to heaven when you die listen i'm going to give you that opportunity right now if you're not sure i'm going to give you that opportunity right now you will you bow your heads with me in a word of prayer Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word is true. And even your prophetic word proves that Jesus came the first time. And your word tells us there's no other name under heaven by which we can be forgiven. And Lord, I lift up everybody in here to you right now. And if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, Lord, I ask that you draw them to you. Or if they're not sure. But they want to go to heaven. They can see what's going on in the world. It makes sense when you look at the Bible. They want to know that they're going to heaven. Listen, if that's you, you're not sure. Maybe you said yes to Jesus one time, but you really didn't mean it. Now you're thinking, man, I want to mean it. Or maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, but you want to be forgiven. If that's you, while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, go ahead and slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you tonight before we leave here. God bless you. I see you all the way in the back. I see your hands in the back on the left. Hand there, hand there. I see your hand right there on the left also. God bless you guys. You want to be, I see your hand over there on the right. God bless you. You want to be forgiven. Anybody else, raise your hand. God bless you. I see your hand back there, sir. Anybody else, raise your hand high where I can see it. God bless you. I see your hand, man. Father, I lift up these who raise their hands and I pray for your ministry to each of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, listen, hold on a second, all right? This is what Jesus did. He, he did not come to condemn us, John 3, 17 says, but he came to forgive us of our sins. Um, and when Jesus called anybody to follow him, he called them publicly and openly. So I'm going to do that. I want to know that you're going to heaven, but even more so, Jesus wants you there. 
Jesus also said this in Matthew chapter 10, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. But he said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. So if you're saying, man, I don't want to deny him anymore, I want to acknowledge him. He says, you acknowledge me here, I will acknowledge you there. I saw a lot of hands go up. And if you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus, I want to know I'm going to heaven, then do this. Go ahead and stand up wherever you are. Come on down here and face me, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Come on down. Don't be afraid. Amen. saw several other hands go up and uh, listen don't be afraid um, the enemy doesn't want you to make a commitment to Christ don't listen to the enemy listen to the Lord he wants you to say yes to Jesus he wants you to say yes to him you want to know you're forgiven come on down join these folks and I'll pray for you before you leave here tonight Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, I'm going to pray for you all that came forward. And uh, listen to this. Uh, this prayer, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of asking Christ to forgive you. It's a prayer of repentance. To repent means to turn uh, the other way. It means to make a U-turn. So instead of continuing in sin and continuing in self, you are repenting and you are surrendering to the Lord. You're saying, Lord, I want to live for you. And listen. If you do that and you mean it, the Lord will forgive you. And not only will he forgive you, he will help you to be an overcomer also. And you may be in this life, you're thinking, man, I can't get anything right. Listen, with Jesus' help, it will be a remarkable thing. Uh, I know because I know how messed up I was and, and where I am now. Sometimes I'm still a little messed up. That's different. But listen, the Lord Jesus Christ wants you to be forgiven. And if you're willing to pray this and you mean it, he'll forgive you right now. You want to pray this? Amen. While all of you are sitting down, let's stand up and encourage these folks as we pray this. You ready to pray? Go ahead and pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. And I ask that you will forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. And I surrender to you as Lord. I thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.